Hey guys, Kathleen Carnally here. We're going to be in James chapter 4, starting in verse 5 today. And we are going to be talking about seven practical things that we can do to really help us walk in victory with the Lord. So go grab your Bible, maybe a pencil, a notebook. I've got my uke right here. Now open us up in song. With only you, God, only you, God, my joy comes in the morning, yeah, yeah, joy comes in the morning. With only you, God, only you, God, my joy comes in the morning, yeah, yeah, joy comes in the morning with you. with you Thank you, God, for your joy that comes in the morning. Thank you for your spirit and your truth. Fill us with your word today. We give you all the glory and praise forever. In Jesus' name, amen. So open up in James chapter 4, and we'll start in verse 5. Do ye think that the scripture saith in vain, the spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth to envy? So James is saying, don't think it warns you for this for no reason. This is really something we need to be aware of. And the spirit that he's talking about here is the human spirit. It lusts to envy. It's its natural disposition. It's what it does. So we need to be able to identify that and to be aware of it so we can resist it. And he's putting his own self in that category. He's saying that spirit that dwells in us, meaning everybody. No one is exempt from those desires of the human spirit. However, James doesn't just leave it at that. He then gives us hope of how we can overcome this by the grace of God. He says in verse 6, But he, speaking of the Lord, giveth more grace, wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. So how can we overcome these things? The answer is by the grace of God. Now, I truly believe that we need to let Scripture define itself. When we want the definition of a word, we compare Scripture with Scripture. And I bring this up because sometimes the word grace is used very differently than the way the Bible uses it. There are times when the word grace can be used as a ticket to sin, as in live how you want because it's all under grace. Well, that concept is so far from biblical grace. I mean, Paul himself even addresses that very issue. True grace, God's grace, is quite the opposite. It is a gift and the activated power of God in our lives that allows us to overcome sin. It is because of grace that we can walk and be led in righteousness, period. Grace is God's strength in us, being made perfect even through our weaknesses. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8 says, And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye, always having a sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. Then turn over with me to chapter 12, and we see Jesus is quoted here. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, 
for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Grace is the power of God resting in us and working through us. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 says, But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And His grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God, which was with me. When we realize this, we can truly give Him all the glory. And we won't find ourselves getting puffed up over the things we do because we know it's Christ in us that is doing it. When we are dead to the flesh and alive in Christ, that grace allows us to fulfill the call of God on our lives. So going back to James chapter 4, James is telling us to be aware that the human spirit in our flesh lusts to envy. But God will give us the grace that we need to overcome. And with that, he makes a point to let us know how to have more of that grace, like it says here, because that is the answer to walking in victory. And he tells us right here, God giveth grace unto the humble, which is also a quote from the Old Testament in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 34, because God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Peter tells us the same thing. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 5 says, Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another, and be clothed with humility. For God resisteth the proud, and giveth grace to the humble. So we're going to go over seven practical steps for us to be able to walk humbly in God's grace, in strength, power, and victory over the flesh and to the glory of God. James 4, 7 says, Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Step number one is submission. Submission is one of the greatest exercises of humility that there is. And then we see the second half of verse 7 here says, Resist the devil and he will flee from you. So step number two is resist Satan. We must stand our ground. When we resist, eventually he will flee. Remember when Satan came to tempt Jesus in the wilderness? Well, Jesus combated him with the sword of the word that came forth from his mouth. And it was after the third time that Satan tried to tempt him that Satan finally left and went looking for another victim. You see, he preys on the weak. And there is no question why he came to tempt Jesus after he had been fasting for 40 days and nights. He knew that this is probably the weakest point he would ever get close to Jesus. His only chance to try to tempt his flesh. But the thing is, is yes, his flesh was weak. He was hungry. But his spirit was as strong as ever. And Satan, we know, didn't have a chance. So may we follow in the example of Christ. Because when we stand our ground and don't give in to the devices of the devil, he will eventually look for someone else who was unable or too weak to war spiritually. Ephesians 6.11 says, Put on the whole armor of God, 
that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. So going back to James chapter 4, write down step number 3, which is draw nigh to God. And we read that in verse 8. Draw nigh to God, and He will draw nigh to you. When we draw nigh to God, we seek Him with all that we have, with all that we are. He is the treasure worth having. Jeremiah 29, 13 says, And ye shall seek me and find me, when ye shall search for me with all your heart. With all of our heart, may we live a life that continues to draw closer to our Lord. Step number four, cleanse your hands. Remember we read last week in 2 Corinthians chapter 6 when it said, touch not the unclean thing. What we do with our hands and with our bodies matters to God because He bought us with a price, the greatest price ever paid, His precious blood. And it is with that blood that these hands are cleansed. Number five, purify your hearts. And specifically, it says here in verse 8, purify your hearts, ye double-minded. In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus told us, you can't serve two masters. He said you'll end up hating one and loving the other. So may our hearts be fully devoted to God, not filled with the loves of the world, but pure and holy devoted to Him. Psalm 24 says, starting in verse 4, He that hath clean hands and a pure heart, who hath not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully, he shall receive the blessing from the Lord and righteousness from God of his salvation. Wow, we see so much here in this scripture that we're talking about in James. Drawing near, cleansing your hands, purifying your hearts. I love when we see the Old Testament with the New Testament just coming together because again, like I said before, it's the same God. And step number six, godly sorrow. James chapter four, verse nine says, be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. Godly sorrow is the marking of true repentance. Second Corinthians chapter seven, starting in verse nine says, now I rejoice, not that you were made sorry, but that ye sorrowed to repentance. For ye were made sorry after a godly manner, that ye might receive damage by us in nothing. For godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation not to be repented of. Then step number seven, humble yourself. James chapter four, verse 10 says, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he shall lift you up. Incredible how the bookends of this list are both humility, submission to God, humbling ourselves before God, the first and the last, which is so key because we read back in verse six how God gives grace to the humble. And when we have that humility, God gives us the strength and the power to do what he has called us to do. God can do anything in and through a humble vessel yielded to the master. Jesus said in Matthew 23, verse 12, and whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased, 
and he that shall humble himself shall be exalted. It is when we let pride creep in that we find ourselves stumbling because of sin. There won't be a grace there. Proverbs 16 verse 18 says, Pride goeth before destruction, and a haughty spirit before a fall. You know, it's really God's mercy that He lets us fall when we have a haughty spirit. Because prayerfully, that humiliation will lead to humility. We read in verse 19, Better it is to be of a humble spirit with the lowly than to divide the spoil with the proud. But when we go through these seven steps, submitting to God, resisting the devil, drawing nigh unto the Lord, cleansing our hands, purifying our hearts, having the godly sorrow of true repentance, and humbling ourselves before God, we then will know abundant grace in our lives, and we will overcome all to the glory of God. Be prepared to live like you